Hey everybody, welcome back to the Short Free Games Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy. And I'm your co-host, Clyde. This is episode 10. Woo-woo! Episode 10, that's like a marker. I like I, it doesn't having feel markers. Like we, it doesn't feel like we've had 10 episodes. Yeah, right? Let's see. What we... Yeah, this episode's going to be us remembering back. Yeah, let's do a flashback episode, montage. not really. Yeah, montage of me going, I don't understand. What are we supposed to be doing in here? Yeah. I liked the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went to Barnes and Nobles to have coffee. We used to go to Barnes and Nobles to have coffee all the time. Because, uh, like, I read the magazines and don't pay for them and shit. Yeah. And it's it's basically a library where you're allowed to drink coffee. Yeah. Um, So uh, it was a web design magazine. I picked up a web design magazine and I'm flipping through it. I'm going, I should learn HTML. <laughs> and... and uh, what did I see in there? But, uh, um, oh, sh- what's that? Oh, The Way Home. The way- or, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, or Long Way Home or what? No, uh, what's oh, it no. called? Here, I can look it up while you're talking about it. Our Way Home? I don't know how to look it up. I can't believe I don't remember the name of this. Talk. The one that you, oh, I can look it up on Tumblr. Um, because we have way, way to go. Way to go. Shoot, I just got up on Tumblr, too. Yeah, I'm basically Tumblr. You're basically... Do you yeah. want me to serve you some gifts? <laughs> so You wouldn't so, believe what Sue did today. <laughs> he rolled up his shorts, and now I've seen it a thousand <laughs> times. Mm. Okay, so so you saw Way to Go. Do tell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the magazine, uh, they, there was like a seven-page article on Way to Go in the studio that put it together. Apparently, it was funded by like the Canadian people. Uh, okay, A is always so interesting to me about Canada and game development. They put funding into into game making and, like, you would think that, like, I, I keep on hearing, you know, when I listen to uh, podcasts that focus on larger games, I always hear about Canadian studios like Ubisoft and, like... Oh, is that Canadian? Yeah, and, like, I think Bioware has, like, a Canadian studio and stuff. Mm. That's what I used to always think about, but it seems like... Uh, it seems like the funding has an impact on uh, there being an, an amazing quantity of hobbyist game makers in uh, Canada. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a really good game. Uh, so, it's interesting, though, uh, that it's spreading, I guess. It's just a slow dissemination, uh, but it is... What do you mean spreading? Well, now you're in a magazine in Barnes & Nobles and you see a game of this variety versus where you felt like Nobody knew anything about them, and you were yeah. frustrated because you couldn't figure out how to... Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It seems Web like designers it's... know that way to go is the way to go. Is the way to go. And, you know, maybe they'll go on that page where way to go is. Is there? Is it, like, on HIO or something? I don't know. I think they had their own website. Oh. They're, they're for reals. Yeah, they're not. They're funded. Yeah, they're web design. They're in a web design magazine. They're not going to be on someone else's website. Check out this ironic article we wrote about this web design team that puts games up on someone else's website. Okay, <laughs> that's really funny. Okay. So we have a whole bunch of games to talk about this week. So, do you want to start high or low? You want to go with the ones Ooh. that is a group and then do the individual games? Or do you want to do the individual games and then do the group? And if you don't have a preference, then I will pick the I don't rest. have a preference. Okay. 
Uh, let's do the individual group games first. Okay. We'll do some, and then we'll do the group in the middle. It sounds like a sandwich. Yeah, I know. A, a flick game sandwich. The bread being... Aki? Aki? I thought we were talking about <laughs> the beginning of the sandwich first, I not know. the middle. I mean, you just played this game, so it seems like you were in the best position to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk about it. Yeah, so we did that thing where we go on Warp Door and picked a bunch of games to play to, to see. And this one's description was about consumerism or something? Oh, yeah. some uh, Yeah, it said it's a um, criticism of consumerism, something like that. I don't so, know. I so didn't we pay in. attention to the... I never pay attention to the author details. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not really, I, wait, no. I knew that. I don't know why I was so surprised. Yeah. So this game is by Simon Stolhensky. We're not good with names. Or yeah, we're horrible with names. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. Um, so uh, the, you're in this uh, a, a red room, and um, there's some uh, marble, short marble pillars that are like pedestals in the shape of uh, Greek columns. And um, it's just a bunch of free floating objects. Well, room. not not when you not initially when you go in. It seems like it kind of like everything disperses when you go in. Okay, well, yeah, you're right. You're right. It does feel like it kind of like already has momentum to it, or at least some of the objects. Yeah. But like the lamps don't. The lamps are sitting on pedestals, and then uh, there are some objects that are kind of like <clears throat> change, uh, billowing in scale and um, floating about, and I think maybe the little uh, heads with ball caps are are rolling around mm. um and there's i think there's like some odd polygonal star shapes uh that are also floating around and there's three doors that there's you four there's one on the ground but initially you kind of only see three mm. um there's a smaller door in the ground that's like at a strange angle spoiler alert uh and then um uh, so you know you click and depending on what you click on uh it might have a little reaction it's almost like um it's almost like an interactive screensaver. Mm -hmm. um, it, it feels like it feels like there's just a little bit of motion and some movement going on, but then you can you can click on certain aspects. So like if if you click on a lamp, it turns on or off. If you click on a pillar, it, it turns a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you click on the uh, the um, billowing scaling shape, uh, I don't remember what it, I think it like just kind of like reacts a little bit. One of them says. Camelogia. Yeah. And there's like a little variation of that. Yep. And then if you press spacebar, it'll go through this like, uh, Camelogia. Camelogia. Boom, boom, boom. Camelogia. <laughs> um, and if you open, touch the door, you get a very strong strobe. Yeah. Sound. Oh, epileptic warning, by the way. Yeah, like the most abrasive thing that you can think of to happen happens when you touch that door, and then it's like a panic of how do I make it stop? Yeah, totally. You end up, yeah, it gives you a strobe effect in a yeah. like an air compressor kind and of. And everything in the room goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, and everything in the room yeah gets a force applied to it, and it starts bouncing around really crazy. All the lamps get knocked over and such. Um, yeah, so for me, this is what this game is. Like, I can't see anything past, like, this. it's a room full of, like, moving things that have a small amount of feedback. Like, what is it about this game 
that you were so drawn to when you were playing it? I'd love to know. Um, so I, I think this, I think this game does, uh, um, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, the power of the aesthetics of a game lately. Okay. Largely based off of things that Lana Polinsky has been saying. Like what? Um, if you know. she just, she just seems to have an emphasis on the importance of, of aesthetics, uh, um, when most people tend to, uh, really value, um, mechanics or narrative. Okay. Um, uh, she, she seems to think that, uh, I don't want to speak for her, but she seems to think that aesthetics... Your interpretation of what is yeah. being said by this person. Yes. Is that, uh, uh, aesthetics is not getting enough credit for what it's doing in the games. So what is it doing in the games? Um, so in... Akai, uh, Aki, Aki. I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, imagine, imagine the room if it was, you know, like uh, the room at the end of um that hotel game we played, or the vaporwave room. Okay. You know, that would be a much different. The strange think room. Yeah, not made by Strange Think though. But yeah. Wait, Strange... what hotel game are you talking about? Um, you called it the Strange Think room when we walked Strange in. Strange Think made that one. It said thanks to no, that. No, Strange Think didn't make that. They made the room. No, they didn't. Didn't it like say that at the no, end? No, no, it just said thanks to Strange Think. I thought they were thanking them because they made that room. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Um. But I, I would think that the room would be far more procedurally generated in that I case. don't know. That was such a... I mean, I said it even before I saw that. So, yeah. Okay, well, well that's a really good example. So oh, okay. think about the room in that hotel room and how the the colors and the uh, the lighting and the, the kind of like theming of it creates a, an association for you. Okay, yeah. Uh, so in, when you compare that, that to, uh, Aki, the game that we're discussing, uh, it's just, it's as if, it's as if one person said, uh, draw, uh, afraid, angry, violent, and confusing. Okay. And the other one was like, draw, um, um, uh, naive, uh, uh, calm fantasy. Right? Okay. So, so those, and those... So it communicated its environment. Well, the environment communicates largely what I think of as, like, demeanor or mood or, 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 or spec, um, um, portions of, of very, uh, identifiable spectrums. Okay, it was really successful in doing that. I, I agree with you. So, did you find... Uh, what, how am I trying to ask this question? Like, what does that, how are you experiencing that? Like, how are you trying, you're just trying to get the experience or what are you going to do with this? Like what, 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 what's the value I get out of it? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Um, uh, that it, it's this, it's this room that I get to kind of be in a little bit. Uh, you can't even move the camera in that game. Mm. Um, you can only click on objects and kind of see them react. But you do have a sense that you're there simply through uh, the ability to click on some of these items. You don't really have um, 
Should we get into the conversation we had on our walk today? Yeah, probably. Uh, so, um, I should have just done it instead of saying that because now I've forgotten. But, uh, there, okay. there's, there's a sense of, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what it was. Being able to click on the objects, you can't really predict what they're going to do, except for that there is a consistency because, you know, if you click on a head, it's going to bounce just like last time it bounced. Right, right. Uh, but there isn't, there isn't a, uh, a real coherency of understanding why everything's working the way it is. Right. Um, but you can kind of, just the reliability of something reacting to a click in the way that it reacted to the click the last time, uh, gives you a, a, a sense that you're in a space in that you're just um able to 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 witness it and i wouldn't want so i got a good story okay tell me <laughs> uh my childhood house where i used to live um the one on the water yep uh there was a like a mansion on the on the road that was like plantation looking right okay um so it had like giant columns and such mm -hmm. And there was a room you could see uh, from the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the light was on in that room, because, you know, I was wa I was always walking down. That was the only street to get to any other street. So, like, I'd walk to the bus stop that way. Mm. Or I'd walk to my friend's house. Or I'd, you know, be riding my bike home at night or whatever. You passed it often. Passed it every time I went home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when the light was on in that room, um, you could see that the, the entire room was painted red. Mm. Uh, and my parents would talk about how the those neighbors were somewhat idiosyncratic and a little bit you know off kilter because they had a red room uh because when they talk about because uh the woman who lived there said that the that she, she had pride in the fact that she had a red room and called it her womb room and she said she col <laughs> she painted it red so it would be the color of a womb really yeah okay I could see why your parents got that impression. Yeah. So, so Aki reminds me of the womb room, but instead of it being comforting, it's it's far more nightmarish. So they they are they were successfully. I I understand what you're saying about they were successful in creating an emotional environment mm -hmm. or an environment to create an emotion in you. Okay, and I can see the value in that. And just having that room exist in any yeah. form, it's nice to... To me, it's it's nice to have that available. Like, I, I just like that this room exists. So how does this... I'm going to use this as a segue into another environmental game we were okay. talking about. How does this compare to that Skyrim or the Daggerfall, uh, David Gronowski? I don't know the name of it. Um... I uh, made a dagger fall. That that is a good comparison. Uh, so that game is much more of a technical achievement, to be honest. But at the same time, the the what the technical what the technology achieves is um is a a a, a, a volumetric weather system. Um, weather aesthetic uh, it, you you feel like you're in a not a storm but like a, a coming storm or a leaving storm like you're in a 
a rain a rain space that is probably around dawn or dusk and there's a sense of either a storm just happened or a storm's about to happen i disagree at the time of the day i think it's just been raining all day so it's dark okay well that's possible too but uh um, but it's not daggerfall like you go into that it's like pixelated well dagger i didn't play daggerfall but Daggerfall is an old game, so it, it had billboard. It had billboardy sprites and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but that was like total pixel. Really? Could it have been that? Oh, you're pixelated? talking about the filter. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it, those tree sprites aren't very high resolution. Yeah, are... but I mean, all you're looking at, like, because for me, it was all about the ground having that, that... effect. I'm sure that lighting effect was not in Daggerfall. Yeah, I think that's what David Gronowski added to it. So there's some kind of filter. Yeah, there's um so there's a there's a pixel filter on the camera. And there's um really da- oh you got the title? Dagger Rain or Daggerfall Remix. He's not sure which final name yet. Okay. Okay. Um uh so uh the um the the pixelation uh seems to kind of like uh uh lower the uh resolution of the color palette itself so you only end up with a couple of shades of purple and such um but the lighting system is is seems to be of a higher resolution so it's translating these complex lighting changes into a limited color palette at a low resolution and um the effect is really pleasant uh chrissy chrissy is not the type of person to uh, typically stare at the ground. <laughs> yeah, that one had a really cool effect, though, because, you know, it almost reminded me of, like, the more stuff I keep bringing up. Yeah. Like, it was totally geometric pattern movement of geometric patterns. Yeah, yeah. And there was only three colors, mm-hmm. and some of them were getting larger, and some of them were getting smaller, but they were such huge pieces of them moving. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was a really pretty effect. What, what, it, what the pooling that Chrissy paid a lot of attention to, because, like, the, the ground will, like, it's, own, it's almost like um, uh, you're at the beach and the waves aren't very high. Uh, but they're uh, just coming into shore and coming out, and they don't necessarily—they don't do it in the same way twice. That and what really impressed me about this game is that the uh, the um, I mean, well, the pixels, the 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 color mixtures and such, the the shapes that are created in this weather system um, don't—they feel. They don't even feel like cellular automata. They feel like really. They feel like real, real weather or, or real natural occurring movement to me. Like staring, staring at trees mixing their interference patterns, or clouds that okay. are coming together, or like um, you know w- watching waves on the beach. Like they. It created that same sensation. Yeah, in in games, usually you kind of see something looping. And it it's very ref- it's very distinct, but in this game it was like everything was stirring together, and uh, I really felt like um, 
natural phenomenon was happening. Hmm. Like you were outside. Yeah. In the environment. Yeah. So uh, that I was, was, was to my the question. Sound of the oak trees. Is like, how does that relate to uh, the Aki game? Where you felt like you were in an environment that was producing... Mm-hmm. Well, the environment... I I would say that the getting away from like the technological aspect of it, mm-hmm. and even the thematic aspect of it... Well, not so much the thematic aspect of it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in... I feel like I'm in a, 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 a rainstorm that's... A mountainy rainstorm. That, that's a... I don't really have like a... It's not like explicit emotion. I see. But it's more invite or what was it you were telling me that it creates? I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, for me, it's it was difficult because, um, yeah, the no objective part of it was is always difficult for me. But I do enjoy uh, being in this space. In trying to be in the space, it's just difficult to stay in the space. Yeah, you, you, it's helpful to have a reason to be there. Yeah, for me it always is. But I can totally identify with that. It's it's hard to decide when to leave. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's true. It's not like you know the good old days where you could smoke a cigarette in the environment and Gosh, then go home. That would you know, be the... that's like the perfect amount of time to be somewhere. I, I, if anyone out there is smoking cigarettes, quit. Uh, but um it's none of our business I, I, <laughs> but i i would uh that would be a really good that would be a really good game to smoke a cigarette during. yeah because then when you're done you go in okay let's talk about the flick games okay mm. so there's this flick engine is that what it's called flick game yeah it makes these games that uh, you can draw in 16 panels, and when you and you can set it up to where you click on something, it'll bring you to another page. So in each page, you can set up. There's 16 panels. You can set up 16 things to click in each page mm-hmm. to bring you to something else, and it's color. Can you do that multiplication? <laughs> Dude did it, or the person who made it. I don't know what but they it, are. It, it, it the is person who made it did it, in, right? In Crepair. Yeah, that person. The person who also made uh, Pling Pling. Correct. Um, what a what an elegant uh, choice of of how many elements there are. Why? Not the sixteen, but the fact that isn't it sixteen colors? Oh, there must be if there's sixteen panels. So it's like it's kind of interesting the idea of sixteen colors, sixteen pan. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check to make sure there's sixteen colors because I don't even know what there are. Yeah. But sixteen colors and sixteen panels, and each of the colors on each of the panels could take you to any of the panels. Yeah. It's but, just I don't know. There's something elegant and about that, that I really like. So what I am interested in with this system is that I see it to me. It, you kind of, or originally I was thinking it was kind of like a limitation, because uh, for one thing, well, you, it is. you have to draw on it. It's really hard to use any kind of words or anything like that. I mean, it's so visual based. It is not kind to text. Or yeah, and there's no sound or anything like that. So it's it's all it, pictures pretty much. So you know, it's 
the thing that I'm enjoying about it is to see all the ways that people are using it. Right. Because there's, I thought it would be a lot more limitation than what I'm seeing. Which oh, is, really? Yeah, a lot of variety. Because it's hard for me to see past the fact that it's like a comic board. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is a comic board. Yeah, but there's a lot. But So you, you imagine that everyone's going to make a linear 16 panel, panel story? story? Yeah. No, just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that is... Well, and David Grinowski, his, his are... And I have five hat. Yep, this. yep. Yeah. It's happening, but there's a lot of other things happening, too. So, uh, so, Glorious Trainwrecks, that website, is really, like, where a lot of the Flick games are being put up at. And there was a Flick game... Uh, game jam game jam two hour game jam that we got to participate in which was really exciting because we just spent like six months or whatever uh writing about all the games form from that uh rpg 2003 game jam so i really wanted to participate in a game jam with said people that we just spent all that so anyway that was immediate because that happened and we got to do it and it was a, such an accessible flick game is so accessible like yeah. you don't have to it's so intuitive. You, you literally draw on the panel and attach a number to the color yep. to go to a different... It's so easy to use. It is the most accessible thing that ever in, happened. In order to upload the game, you just click share and then copy the link. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, he, he's... Uh, Encrypt seems to be, uh, you know, including the server for this free game. <laughs> Uh, for you to be able to put these things up, it's really... It's awesome. It's incredibly generous. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some of the different kinds. Let's go linear first. Okay. Uh, you made a linear game. Yeah. Um, I'm more proud of the one I did first than the one I did you during the You want to talk jam. about Mohot? Oh, I did. I liked Mohot, too. Oh, what's, what's your first game? Um, I don't know the title of it. Oh, the, the World is a Big Place. I really like that oh, one. Oh, yeah. That one was hard. You tried to use text. Yep. I used, yeah, that, well, that was my first flick game. And that was, and you know, here's, okay, let me interrupt for a second. I'm sorry. Do it, I'm man. talking a lot. So uh, when we were building up to the flick game, game jam, I was trying to think of what I was going to make because I can't, I'm not, uh, I'm not confident about being able to think of something and executing it in a short period of time. So I thought a lot about what I was going to make during the week and uh, I couldn't get past the no words. Like everything, I, I I don't think in pictures. I don't even look at things. Everything for me is where it's placed and and what it's called. You doodle all the time. Yeah, but I mean, eh, the same picture over and over again. It's not like I don't I don't think about if if you ask me what color my toothbrush has, I have no idea. I know where it is. I know where everything is, and that's how I think about it. So for me, thinking of expressing something in just pictures was really difficult but it's great because it brought us to that place where we decided we were going to try and make that game through gameplay and not through explaining it that's like what brought me to that place anyway um so talk about it. sorry oh um about the world is a big place yeah uh if that's your favorite one um I, I like that one because uh so when i started in that was my first flick game and um, I didn't have anything on my mind when I started making it. So I just, you know, drew a dude. And I was like, oh, this can be someone that you interact with that's a street person, you know. And 
there'll there'll be remnants of alcohol and then you know instead of just having you be judgmental of it you can kind of like see what the alternative is that they're uh uh the the alternative um how they see it and i was thinking about my own experience um uh working at a temp service in new orleans and how like that's kind of what the alternative probably felt like for a lot of the alcoholics uh, alcoholic street people in new orleans like this idea of just like uh because like that initial when you are when you are at rank 0 of um your career path mm -hmm. <laughs> the 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 opportunities you have are like going to a temp service and just feel where you just feel like you're being exploited like they that's not true i got the best jobs i've ever had the highest paying through the, temp services there are, before there i are, became there are different me. there are different types of temp services there are temp services. Oh, were you like going to hold the sign for the construction site or something? That's the type. Yes, this was. This is not like. Oh, we'll put you uh, in an office as a typist. This is. This is like. They did put me in an office. Yeah. This is. This was yeah. a different type of temp service. This was like. Uh, you can shovel a ditch. Because mm. they need someone to shovel a ditch. You got to get here at five because they only pick twenty people. Yeah. Yep. Uh. And so uh, I included the temp service in it, like a little, a little bit of the essential details of the temp service, which to me was largely witnessing um, almost these ideologies of the people involved. Like there's this person behind like bulletproof glass who's like, you know, doesn't necessarily hate you or look down to you, but they're just in a position where it's like they are organizing your labor. <laughs> Like, they have to have some sort of inter interaction with you. Right. And then, like, there's people just kind of, like, waiting there. And there's the people that aren't going to get work because they probably did something wrong last time. Or because they're visibly drunk. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, 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 they, and they'll have ideas about why it is that this reality is the way it is. Like, mm. they, they'll... Exp if you sit next to them, they'll kind of explain how things are. Okay. Um, and then you go outside and, like... This happened to me on the Greyhound a lot. This sounds like the Greyhound station. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's similar. And then you go outside and there's uh, a person who, who says something to you and you don't know if what they said is a threat or them trying to help you be protected. And mm. and uh, then, you know, you can go to the river, which is, in this case, if it's a direct correlation, it would be the Mississippi. And there's a little bit of litter there. And, like, I really like this idea that litter contains uh messaging mm. um because you know everything's branded and brands are trying to advertise things that they cannot sell so in this case um uh the branding is fruitopia which is a reference to in your both, game yeah really yeah both the both the the sweetness and and um um refreshingness of fruit mixed with uh utopia. you know promises of utopia <laughs> which which sounds pretty nice i mean am i right uh in and all in a can right but like it's it's been consumed and disposed of oh okay so and then you just you just go to work i i just thought it was a really good game it really came together well and see i had none of that on my mind when i started making it mm. but it's just you know flick game has like this sequential nature to it mm-hmm 
Uh, See, so you want to make a. So you're, yeah, you, you know, I, I, I make one thing, and I'm like, oh well, what would the choice be here? Okay, well, if I talk to this guy, this is might what it be what happens. If I go in this building, this might be what happens, and it just evolved from that. And and I really, I really enjoyed that. I created a story I enjoyed just by exploring how an engine works. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think that the story aspect to this game is really, you know, it's built for it, in my opinion. Like, I see that being an obvious thing to do with it. But uh, but it's difficult because of the lack of text. Yeah. So I think that was the problem. I, I couldn't focus on that game because of all the text and there was no contrast. So everything was hard on to look. On my game specifically? Yeah. It was really hard to look at. Versus later when you made that sequential story game the sunglasses one yeah i could totally follow it because you didn't try and like i had practiced at that point yeah uh do that so other people are making sequential games like uh i felt like that one the david granowski one my time at the bar was a really good one mm-hmm. uh you want to talk about that game well yeah what i liked about that game was that um it kind of to me it kind of felt similar to what i just described early mm. Uh, in in that uh, if it, it felt like it was just a sequence in a place like you know slice mm-hmm. of life would be a good way to put it yeah yeah you really felt like you were doing the thing or yeah. you had not felt like you were doing yeah. it but you I, 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 I suppose mine was a lot more like thematically hmm. uh, um, preachy mm. you know than uh, David's game yours was not slice of life. Yeah, my, well, yours mine, was slice of life if you're down and out in New Orleans. Well, this mine mine was slice of life as a fable, right? Mm. And then David Grinowski's game is just slice of life, like this is a this is a place. I'm recording it. Mm-hmm. There's there's an amount of interaction here that can uh, kind of bring you in to an ownership of of what's going on uh, on my path. Yeah, and it's nice to have the experience of doing, you know, Slice of Life is a type of game that I would like to see more of because it's nice to get to get to experience other people's experiences. Yeah, it Uh, makes you feel less alone. Oh, or it makes me get to do things that I don't really want to do but sometimes want to. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I prefer feeling. Well, Can I mean, we pause in, a, for a second? in an existential way, you know. All right, we're back from our pseudo break. Uh, Why was it just a pseudo break? Because I didn't do the all the break things. I only got a beverage. What should I undo the break? Why? Did you need to do anything else? No, but it wasn't a real break. Okay. A real break is fifteen minutes. <laughs> that one was only five. So, so another kind of uh, flick game people are making. I like these. Uh, yeah, the, these are these are Chrissy's categorized. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chrissy really likes to categorize things. So, I like this one, but it was a lot. Which is the the patterns. There's like a pattern, and you click on a color, and it'll take you to a different pattern. One of them was the Therein Lies. Sergio made Therein Lies, mm-hmm. where it's like. I really felt like I was looking under a microscope with this one. Yeah. It was like uh, different, I, I did a lot until of worms. I saw the, until I saw the, uh, what, what is that design, Paisley? Mm. 
So it's like a paisley design? There's a lot of things that are paisley made. In microscopic things? In microscopic worlds. Yeah, but this seemed more like a fabric to me. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't think... I mean, not the entire game, but it, it, felt, it, felt, it, felt like, it felt like either I was looking at uh, something in the cosmos, mm. something microscopic, mm. or a fabric. Mm. Well, you know, it's funny because when I first played it, when we first played it, like the night everybody made those games... I was thinking like it was going from small to big, like yeah. microscopic to telescopic. But then when we played it right before this, uh, it was actually the paisley that, that got me thinking. And then the worm I never got before uh, that got me thinking that it was all microscopic. I'm like confused how many games you're talking about right now. The same one. We just played it right before we did the podcast. Okay. The Sergio's game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about this one first. Did what I one? say the wrong one? Did I call it the wrong name? No, I just can't tell how many games you're talking about. I can't I'm talking tell you, about one. I couldn't tell if you were talking about two parts of the same game. I'm saying how I how I interpreted it the night we played it the first time and how I interpreted it tonight when we played it. You gotcha. missed that part. What were you thinking about? Mm. I, I don't know. Mm. Okay, so, so... I thought I was listening. <laughs> yeah. He thought wrong. Thought I was. I was thinking about how good of a listener I am. Oh, that's probably why you were so distracted. You missed that part of the story. Here, I was thinking, man, man. I'm listening <laughs> right it's now. Like, it's like I could get a job listening <laughs> to Chrissy. You kind of have that job. So, 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 yeah, yeah. I I liked that game because it felt like I was looking at different. I could like try and guess which which thing it was that I was looking at. Uh, if it were under a microscope, mm-hmm. but the and well, I don't want to go into like the thing that gets me about it. There's another one like that, the duplicate game by Minno, where it's like you pick on a color. It's all yeah. patterns or shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pattern. Yeah, like um, that game has a kind of like a symmetrical, uh, mm. Uh, um, mm. symmetrical. Uh, colored patterns i i mean it's not i can't think of a particular artist that this would be similar to but mm-hmm. it, it's almost like um symmetrical kandinsky mm. uh, okay and um so the thing i liked about that game well the patterns were visually appealing to me well sergio's were too mm-hmm. but but sergio's were appealing to me in that he did a really good job with dithering and 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 I don't know what that means. Um, the mixture of the thresholds. So, like, if there's purple against the black, it makes it. It, it makes him like he would like create like fuzziness mm. rather than just sharp lines. Mm. And I, I find that appealing. Mm. Um, and he had really. It seemed like he was choosing his colors for each of the panels really well. So it was appealing in that way. Imino's. Uh, panels were a lot more um, sharp lines, symmetrical shapes, oh, yeah. um, and, uh, things being linked by line. Uh, so, uh, what real what I thought was really cool about MNO's game was that when you click on a color, um, like say there's a little yellow dot on a mostly blue space. Mm-hmm. If you click on the yellow, you'll end up in a mostly yellow space. And that's consistent. That's consistent throughout the entire game, and it uh, it felt like I was making a choice there. That was 
we we talked a lot today. Yeah, about... I was just thinking about this while you were talking about it. It brings out the predictability yeah. that is kind of necessary in order to enjoy one of these type of games. In I don't my think opinion. it's necessary. Well, for me, for flick games, mm -hmm. without the predictability, it becomes twiny, where there's too many choices and they get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And the anxiety of I not know. picking the right there thing. Are, there are Twine games where you can predict what your choices. My going original to do. problem with Twine was there was too many choices. Uh, often Twine games will involve uh, just picking a descriptor mm -mm. or uh, trying to investigate a detail a little more while the narrative continues, rather than you providing you with a choice that you can reasonably. Uh, own the consequence of. But even if I go off the main story for a detail, it makes me nervous it's going to bring me in a different place. I'm not sure the consequence of anything I'm clicking on. Or I don't feel like I have control over the consequence. In a lot of games, but it's not Twine as an engine that does that. Twine... Af Twine is the main one I feel it on. Like, I was resistant. It's com common when people do it, but it's Again, I just well, don't see, think it's Well, see, I know you don't want me to to call Twine or yeah. I want you to generalize the entire engine saying that yeah. that's what but every game in it. That like. is not what every game is like, but that is the tendency I've noticed in the games that I've played on it and it's made me resistant to playing any games built by that engine because of it. So, uh I was having the same sensations with some of these games on Flick. So, I was Because you couldn't connect the screen you were taken to to the one to the click you made on the previous screen correct and there was so many options that i in and i couldn't tell where they were going to go or what the purpose of them were and i'm already trying to connect what i've already seen and it was getting overwhelming mm -hmm. so i do enjoy for my personal because this is i'm sure a lot of people like not knowing what's behind i mean it's like i told you the first game that ever did this to me was sonic i couldn't stand picking a path because there was all those other paths and what was mm -hmm. i missing and i don't think that's similar though i think it's completely similar but i mean not not knowing which choice to make not knowing what the other choices would lead you to is a lot different than not understanding how you got to where you are well it's Okay, that's fair. But I, I feel, I guess, the same kind of anxiety from both. Having too many options, feeling like one of them is supposed to be in the right one, and not knowing not knowing if I made the right one. Not feeling like I have any control over my decisions. So you just... Okay. So there... Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a good thing about this game. There is some predictability to what your pick is going to do, even though it's just you don't know what it's going to show you. The MNO game? Yeah. Uh, because you know that you're going to end up on a screen where there's more of that color? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was uh, really nice to see that simplified with one of the uh, few elements of the platform, right? Like, there's color, there's panel, and there's... Uh, <laughs> There's um, clicking pretty much in flick games. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to see how, what color simplified as a, that it, when you, when the decisions are made, when the, de when you feel like the decision you're making is what color, it really brings an idea of what color does in that, in that engine itself. 
Does that make sense? No. Uh, because MNO's um, what's the name of that game? Duplicate. Duplicate. Uh, it because of uh, because in duplicate when you're all the choices I was making were based off of what color. Like that was the question I was asking myself. Mm. What color? I wasn't saying you know which person or uh, which text or the ground. See, it makes you house. look at images like we were saying earlier. But in this case, it made me look at color. Color. Uh, and and so color is an abstract which the flick game, which all flick games are using, but they're using it to typically to create an illusion. And in this case, it's more of it's being used uh, in a for something that is um, more base to its actual form for me. The, it's it's being a color. It's not being a house. Okay. And I'm making the decision based off of that. So there's something, I think, that adds to elegance. So that was... Duplicate. Duplicate. Um, but you were talking about the uh, consequence thing? Yeah. Uh, we should talk about Hansky's uh, Yeah, that games. was fixing too. So fun, there's fun, 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 and then there's the sequel to... Fun, fun, fun. And these games solve all of Chrissy's problems. These are, like, my favorite flick games so far. So, yeah, of course. So, not to put favorites on things. Right. Yeah. Don't want to do that. Not because my cats have suffered greatly from me doing that. <laughs> Except for one of them. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. So, so, in this game, it is, like, you have two characters, and one is like at requesting something from another one and you can say yes or no and then you get a shot of the consequence or you can do something mean or something nice okay something mean or something nice oh yeah okay well see i think of it as yes or no like can i have the pepper or mm -hmm. can i come inside to go to the bathroom or something mm -hmm. yeah well in that in those two cases but i think i can't remember yeah i can't remember what the ones, other two things were i feel like there are more similar to mean and nice throughout all of them and then you get to see a scene in which uh, your decision plays out. So it's like the perfect amount, for me, uh, in this engine, is the perfect amount of choice making because I feel like I'm participating. Like I didn't, I didn't, I went through actually going, do I want to do a nice thing or a mean thing? And then you get the, you get the satisfaction of seeing the thing that happened. And it's, and it's predictable because you know a nice thing or a mean thing is going to happen. But you still get to see the interpretation of the drawing of the of the action mm -hmm. that comes through. So it's like totally you don't, you rewarding. You don't know what the reality of it's going to be. Yeah. The manifestation. Yeah, it's it's rewarding. And then in the other one, it's so good they made a map. So you get to go around different places of New York City. You and your friend are like on vacation. And I love the map aspect. It's such a good method for using flick games. I think it's it's a really good idea. It did work really well. I mean, that's one screen out of 16 that can take you to any scenario. And it goes back to creating a space, which is a sense of uh, coherency in itself. Mm. Having, a, having a space in which you're making choices. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, that and you know where it's going to take it. you. Yeah. Yeah. We... Me and Chrissy went on a walk, a hike, a little hike today. As we've alluded to earlier. Yeah, and um, we were talking about um, Fun, Fun, Fun and its sequel a lot uh, because uh, it demonstrates 
this concept of coherency that we're working on. Um, so like, what is coherency? That it makes things feel connected in in the games. Okay. Uh, uh, so what we were what we were noticing about fun, fun, fun in its sequel is that, well, especially its sequel, is that it manages to create coherency in three different ways. I think this is worth uh, talking on the podcast about. Well, we're doing it. Yeah, because I mean, like it's happening right now. Well, uh, it was a it was a really I thought this categorization was really helpful to me. Okay. So hit me. Um, uh, in the sequel, uh, one of the ways it creates and fun, fun, fun. One of the ways it creates uh, coherency is by having um, similar choices in all scenarios. Okay. So you're always choosing whether or not to be set, uh, mean or choosing whether or not to be nice. Or or in the other one, it's like there's a smiley face and a frowning face. Yeah. 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 In, in the sequel, it's like you're choosing have a bad time or have a good time. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that that consistency of choice makes the entire thing feel like it's about that. Like I'm choosing whether or not to have a good time or a bad time. That's what this game. That's what I do in this game. Or I'm choosing whether or not to be nice or mean. That is what this game is about. Right. Right. Um, another way that it created coherency was uh, in the sequel. Um, the map creates a space in which all of these things occur. Mm. The first game doesn't have that. Right. Uh, but you don't really need it in the first game. You don't need any of this in any of the games. <laughs> Well, in the first game, it's not like you're going to say, okay, let's go to the part where uh, he wants to go to the bathroom in my house versus you're on a vacation. Yeah, but, well, I mean, imagine if it was all a map of a house in the first game. Okay, that would make sense then. It, you would you feel like me. all of this is happening in a space. Yeah. It would just be a form of... Like, yeah, where are we hanging out at? Because that's what it is in the second one. It's like, where do I want to go hang out at? Yeah, but the entire thing becomes like, the trip in the city, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it's yeah, like but you were on the a... trip. You're creating the trip happening by picking places on the map, deciding where you and your friend are going to go. Mm -hmm. You're participating in having the trip. But if you had, like, a map in the house, are you saying, I mean, you would be saying, where am I hanging out in the house? Well, I guess the map, the importance of the map to me isn't really that there's a choice. The importance of the map to me is that um, uh, it's creating a concept that helps me tie the entire game together. Yeah, but it, for me, the way it ties the game together is for me to go, I'm on this trip. Where do I want to go? And yeah. I'm using the map to pick that. Because that's what you do when you're on a trip. Oh, you know, I never even thought about it. I didn't play it this way. But wouldn't it be funny to, like, go to the Empire State Building and have a good time and then go back to the Empire State Building specifically to have a bad time? Like... Or, or the other way around, like, you go to the Statue, oh, like you're doing, you go to the Statue of Liberty. You're like, we yet, had fun, let's go back. And, yeah. oh, it's not the same. Yeah, or or we had such a bad time, let's give it a second chance. Mm. <laughs> that would be a good way to, to add that into the story, the fact that you can do both. So the, the third form of coherency that the sequel has, um, is and, and fun, fun, fun has, is that you feel like you're contributing to the relationship the entire time oh yeah like you are you you determine that how ties you it all together friend. is is this is a relationship that's a that is i'm not so much playing playing the relationship out as much as i'm i'm forming it like i feel like i'm i'm determining what this relationship is 
between these mm. two characters, yeah. neither of which is me. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so far I would like to feel more successful into making choices like that versus the linearity because I enjoyed the cause and effect of clicking on the yes and the no. Like I I saw the setup what's going to happen from my choice. I thought it was really successful. Yeah, instantly. Instantly. And in, yeah. in, in briefly. Immediate feedback. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're just opening fortune cookies one mm-hmm. after another, mm-hmm. reading each of them and being excited. Yeah, like, ooh. <laughs> I it, guess that would be like giving yourself multiple terror readings. It's like, it's like opening a fortune cookie, going to the store next door, playing those lotto numbers, <laughs> coming back, getting another fortune cookie. Going and playing those playing lotto those numbers. Playing those lotto numbers. Yeah, but the lottery numbers, you don't find out if you win until they draw the balls at midnight. It's different. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah, you really put a hole in that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My metaphor was perfect <laughs> until you took out your shotgun. <laughs> sorry, everybody. I did not mean to make her laugh that hard. <laughs> yes, you did. So I want to talk about my flick game because that's how I roll. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I thought all week... We could talk about mine again. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> three. We, we, got, we got three. So, so I thought all week I like what I was going to make. But all I could think of was, like, text-based <laughs> stuff. Like, I was going to make my romance sim. Like, you can't show a ball with nobody talking to each other. And then... Uh... When she says ball, she means a dance. <laughs> not not a unity sphere, by the way. And then... Oh, yeah. I forgot. And then I was going to make that mystery game because I thought I could show the stuff. And you could oh, yeah. pick on it. Oh, yeah. When I was looking at web magazines in Barnes & Noble, Chrissy is mapping out her mystery game she's going to do in flick because i really want to make mystery games like mm-hmm. this is going to be my legacy to the world one day but i couldn't figure out how to do it with no text and oh i couldn't i couldn't get the clues right so so then on friday i had a miserable experience at work the jam was on saturday the jam was on saturday so so i was trying to like uh use this kind of microscope to take pictures of like little tiny like teeny tiny tiny corn plants and i couldn't get it to focus very well and i had like these three buttons it was like focus and contrast and brightness and a little tiny square to look at everything in and i couldn't i i don't know if i told you this part of the story but after i like worked on it and took a bunch of pictures and the person who was training me came back in was like oh these look terrible oh no (laughs) yes it's like everything's out of focus and so uh and everything's too white and so then I, came, I brought it home and I was trying to tell Clyde, like, oh, I had such a hard time with the contrast. Like, I don't understand what contrast does. Because to me, it was just making the screen darker. Like, I couldn't tell an actual difference in the plant. Just like brightness was making the entire screen lighter and I couldn't tell the difference. And Clyde was, and I had the photos. I emailed them to Clyde and he put them in his little picture program. It was like, see, when you add contrast, you look at an edge and it gets darker. Like, like. Uh, I was trying to explain both saturate uh both brightness and contrast um with uh thinking of it as thresholds and resolution yeah see this is why in this honor i made a game for clyde to see how difficult it is to focus my, a picture my academic ideas on the subject are not helpful to the, the pragmatism of the real world application to focus a fucking piece of corn that won't focus and it's so frustrating. 
and I was really excited about, well, so, so with Flick, it was great because if you click more focus, I can bring it to another focus page. And if you click brightness, I can bring it to a white page. I, I never actually figured out how you made it. Like I, I like I played the game and it totally works. I made at it, no point did I ask myself how did this happen with the mechanics of how Flick works. Oh, and it was so frustrating. Uh, pro tip: you can copy and paste instead of drawing your picture. <laughs> yeah, we found, a billion times. Luckily, we were in RC chat with other glorious train wrecks uh, folks uh, during the game jam and find out mid game that you can duplicate the panels. <laughs> yeah. Right. Especially because I was using my laptop that is touchscreen, but for some reason you can't touchscreen that with a stylus. You can only dot it, so I had to pointillism most of it and then finish it off with the mouse. Oh, it was so frustrating. But it looks great. Like, when you have to redraw everything, it, that little bit of difference uh, is really appealing. That part took me an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I the way I did it is I just did a grid, like, uh, for focuses here, here, and here. For light, good focus, light here. Bad focus, light here. Good focus, middle focus. Well, it felt like it felt like they were mixing. Like when I did contrast. Mm. Right. I had I had one for every choice. So you had one for every combination. Mm-hmm. It works. Like it's really. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the exciting thing is that people were giving me feedback that they were frustrated, and I was so excited because we had just played all those games. And that one that what gave, games? Uh, we just played all those uh, glorious train wrecks. Uh, uh, RPG maker RPG, marathon. Yeah, game, games, and there was that Harpy from Harpy Island game mm -hmm. that was such like a breakthrough for me of of experiencing something happening through a game. In that case, it was like frustration. Yeah. So I was ha and so when futility. I futility. So when I went into this, I wanted to express something in that same way. And so people saying they felt frustrated was so awesome for me because I felt like but then I was like, "Oh, I'm going to have to simulate like a positive thing <laughs> because nobody wants to feel frustrated." Well, what was what in retrospect what's fascinating about my experience playing it is again, like it it just doesn't feel like a flick game. Mm. Like I like I I hit contrast up and I'm like, "Okay, that's what I expected to happen. I hit, then after, like, working from that image, I then hit brightness. And that's what I expect to happen. It's not like I suddenly went to the first frame and just put brightness on it. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's really kind of, it's it's neat how, it's almost like an optical illusion. Well, it's like a logical illusion. I feel like Flick was perfect for that because you can map out all of the combinations that you would get for each one. And then you can map out a screen for them. So it was totally easy to do it using Flick. I can't imagine that being that easy in any other program because of that. Well, you haven't used others. Well, I used Tyranno Builder. I watched you do it. That counts. It would. You're I right. agree. It would You're be hard. Right. It would be hard to do it in Tyranno Builder. I'm wrong. <laughs> That's like the. No, wait. It was the other way around, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, is there any other um, flick games? Flick games you want? Yeah, to I want to talk about the Firecat FG ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I forgot. Do it, do it. Um, so, this is a different kind of thing. Oh, uh, one of the first flick games that impressed me was uh, exploring a deserted, deserted place or something. Um, uh, I wrote it down. Ex ex exploring a deserted planet or something. Um. Oh, this is so funny that we've never talked about Firecat FG games on here, considering how many we've. Have we not? No, we only did the first two because they were the last person we went through for the jam. It's 
kind of exciting. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Um. Uh, it created a sense of, again, the sense of space in which something's happening, but. Okay, so I'll explain this game. Okay. Uh, so it's a flick game, and you click on doorways, basically. Mm-mm. Yeah. That one is not the explored a desert planet one. That. Well, I mean, I think that's how it works. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, Sorry. I, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in Quest for Sunglasses. Okay. Okay, go ahead now. Sorry. Um, so uh, you, you click on a doorway or... or it might even be it might no. be an arrow. No, you start off and there's the two mountains and you pick one. No, nope. that's no? The, that's a uh, that's a Jonathan Brodsky's game. Oh, I thought they were the same thing. Nope. Oh. So ex- sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so exploring a deserted planet, I, it might be arrows though that you click, and so you're kind of like navigating through this. It's almost like a, a an abandoned factory. Okay. Um, there's all these large rooms and large spaces and you go outside and like, it, it might be like you go up a, um, a, uh, a ladder and end up outside on the ground and you can go into one of two buildings and you go into either of the two buildings and end up in this large room and then you kind of just wander through. Not, uh, nothing really occurs, right? It's just wandering around this building, connecting the paths. So finding out what's to the left of this room, what's to the right of this room, and it creates this sense of space. Um, and when I played that game, I was like, wow, like you can do a lot with Flick. Because uh, I felt like I was in a... I, w- I felt like I was in... Uh, I felt like I was exploring a place, not, not mm. moving through a narrative, but just... I played this game. I know which game you're talking about. Okay. And then, and then, uh, do you have anything to say about it before I talk about Quest for Sunglasses? No, 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 because it's really similar in a way. Yeah, and then uh, Quest for Sunglasses um, is a lot more methodical. Uh, the prompt image for the jam was this um, grid of circuit board, mm. or at least that's how I interpreted it, but it's like these cubes in, on a grid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Firecat FG turned In a the, hot plate. Yeah, on a hot plate. Firecat FG turned those into rooms. So it's this grid of buildings, kind of like what you would expect if you like looked at uh, an aerial photograph of like an airbase or, or, or some sort of military complex or, or Amazon. Uh, not the rainforest, but the company. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting if the company Amazon is growing at the rate that the rainforest is reducing? <laughs> It's not a coincidence. Uh, so, um, the, uh, these buildings are on a grid, and so uh, when we started playing it, I'm like, this is actually correlatory. Like, when you choose to go to the right... It's the same it's... color with the same... Like, the doors and the windows are in the location from the... Yeah, e- each each room has a color assigned to it, and you see this overall map at the beginning. This kind of goes back to the, 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 I can't remember the word, the thing that brings the game together or whatever. Coherency? Yeah, because Cohesion? you, I don't know you the have that map at the beginning of this game and you can go in any door. Yeah. That's the thing. You and can then, go in any ro- building, I mean. And it, if you go into the blue room and you look at the map and you see that the blue room, to the north of the blue room is the yellow room and to the right of the blue room is the green room. When you go into the blue room, the door on the right is green, and the door uh, 
straight ahead of you is red. And that's true throughout the entire game. Um, and that logical consistency is actually what that game is based off of. I think in order to find the sunglasses, you actually have to find the anomaly in that system. If I if I remember if I yeah I just correctly. actually I didn't even use the map I just clicked on door and window after door and window and eventually made it to the sunglasses by the I mean it was just trial and error yeah. or, you know a good way to win the game is to just go down to the bottom right hand corner and click on edit and then see all sixteen panels and then just choose the right oh, one. oh yeah is that how you won <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheating if you win that's what I always say but but I. I think that the way the the sunglasses are contained in a room which is not on the map, mm. and so when you end up in a room and there's a choice that shouldn't be there, that's where the sunglasses are. It's interesting to see it as a puzzle game, like be successful as a puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, I guess traversing environments is a form of puzzle game that I'm not that... Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Firecat FG made Orange Room. So, oh really? Yeah. Okay. So it so I I like just thinking about the fact that there probably is an orange room in this game. <laughs> There's a little timer on the wall. <laughs> so so yeah. Do you want to take a break before we move away from flick games? If you want to. I don't need one. I was just checking on you. Shit, I'm Shit. ready. Let's do this. Shit. Come on, bring it. Okay. Uh, let's bring it then. We are going <laughs> to talk about. Uh, Let's talk about the silver tray. Okay. And more than talking about the silver tray, I am so interested in this idea of producing a game. Okay. Like, the, the, this is apparently, like, a thing. And it, <laughs> <laughs> and why I say that, it means, like, multiple people are doing this, and I didn't know about it. So get, it's... Get, you're not giving enough of an explanation about what you're... What, tell us about tell what us. you found out. I found out that people are... No, specifically this game. Okay, I found out that... What's the little buddy's name? Eric, uh... Colin Page. It, uh, did a thing where he found someone to write and voice act his game, and he found another person to draw the game, and... I think another person did something else. Somebody Jay, did Jay the music. Clover drew the game, right? Yeah, yeah. And then another person... Or at least drew some of the art assets. Yeah. And then somebody did the music for it. Yep. So this person commissioned all of these people to build this. Yes. And did not have an idea, it seemed like, before the fact. Well, I mean, the story's pretty distinct. So apparently said person, uh, Colin Page did Art House Games did a contest where people wrote the stories. You sent me that page. Yep. Right? And he... They, they put up a blog post about this. And they picked out the one that stood out the most and asked said person to voice, voice act it. it. Yeah. So I guess everything else came after that, but I don't know. I mean, it definitely, to me, that seems like the three thread, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the spine of the entire thing is that narrative. Yeah. So what I... What I... I'm enjoying this idea so much because at first I was like, I don't even know what a producer is. I don't even, how, like, would you have an idea and then ask people to Co do it? Colin Page is credited as the producer, is that correct? Yeah, Art House Game. Uh, but the thing is, oh, sorry. But the thing is, is that at first I was like, 
how can somebody else like make my vision? Like, you know, I'm like the biggest non-delegator that exists in the world. Uh, one time I got a good story about this for myself. Uh, <laughs> one time, um, uh, when, uh, Shannon came to visit in New Orleans, mm -hmm. uh, Shannon's a, a tarot card reader that we're, uh, friends with. And, um, uh, she says, she was like, do you want a reading? I said, yeah. And I said, tell me about my dream band. And so she did the reading and she looked at it and she looked at me and she said, it looks like you basically want to tell everyone what to do and, uh, just have them all do the work and you just make all the decisions. And I was like, <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> that sounds about right. And I think about that all the time. Really? Yeah. How come I've never heard this story? All I hear is when you asked her, how did the dinosaurs die? Well, that was the next question. Oh. Mm. Okay, so... Competition, by the way. That's what, <laughs> that's what the terrorists said. The dinosaurs died because of competition. So, so, uh, that would, for me, it would, I guess you would be a perfect producer because you want everybody else to do all the work and you come up with the idea. Well, I think it takes more than that. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's such an interesting, that's actually why I wanted to talk about this more than the game itself, because the concept of building the production a game, of it. yeah, it's so interesting to me. Especially on this, I mean, you know, it's one thing when someone, like, is hired with the title producer and, you know, at ea or whatever yeah and like has this job of production it's another thing when it's a hobbyist game maker doing it i personally i think it, it's like i don't associate that this type of this form of production at this level of finance right right that's why i was so surprised to hear that it exists it's and to think that if you don't have an idea you can still make something because you can uh just build a pool and let the collaborators see what they come up with. Mm -hmm. and, and put it all together. And put that, because cause at first I was like, well, you know, it's not like their game, but you're like, yeah, but that game wouldn't exist without them. They had to find the people, and they put them all together, and they are what caused it to exist. The producer makes it happen. Yeah. So that was the part that I've been they thinking about it. the most, is that that's true. Like, it doesn't matter if they didn't have the idea mm -hmm. going into it. it. It still needs someone to bring all the parts together in order yeah. for it to happen. In, in fact, I'd say it's, in a, in a way, it's more impressive. Like, it, to me, it's more impressive the ability to bring people together and to invest in something. Um, and to invest in collaboration in order to motivate all groups. Mm -hmm. In order to create something which can work together well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, than for me to s sit at the computer for a week and bang my head against some, bang my head against my ability and in, 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 in my tools in order to create something which is entirely me. Mm. Like, th yeah. this is, yeah, it, it's impressive. But, you know, and then if I think about it in that way, then, like, game jams are kind of like producers because the Idle Thumbs game jam brought you and Simon and me together and That's we were prompt. an odd pair. That's that a completely different situation. Yeah, but it wouldn't have happened without them creating the game jam. Well, then defining producer by it wouldn't happen without them is not a complete definition mm. because the producer makes it happen, right? Right. Like, if, if, I, if I make a game hmm. jam if i'm like okay we're going to have like here i'll do it right now um let's uh we're going to 
Let's have a romance mystery uh, game jam. Fuck yeah, okay, between, I'm in. Between the dates of August 1st and August 30th. I got this. Uh, please submit them to us on Twitter. Okay, I'm doing okay, it. Okay, uh, I'm the producer. <laughs> I mean, am I right? Okay. That, that That's not... That doesn't make anything happen. Like, it doesn't actually form it. A, pr- a producer has to actually produce, not prompt. But then what's... Then... I don't understand the has to produce. Like, what did, what did little buddy... I mean, when did our house games... Produce? Yeah. Well, Versus... it looks like... They composed all the elements. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, uh, they um, composed it? What, what do you put it when you put it together? I mean, they... Oh, Art, yeah, 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 put it together. Art House Games programmed it. Okay. I mean, and they gave put all of the elements together. Person... Deci- seems to have decided how all of the things will interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also created the motive for each person to contribute. And assumably, if Jake Clover wasn't willing to draw, uh, then Art House Games would have either uh, provided more motivation or found someone else to do it. And to well, me, it seems like said person like volu- like then they go onto a site. I don't know. I thought they went onto a site and found people. Like the, there's no way the mic just picked you up as you let in the cats. No. Uh, I thought said person volunteered versus asking person to do it. I don't know. I have no idea how it worked. We should have asked. I was going to, but then the website provided so much information. So you're saying you want to produce the game in a similar way? Have you lost your... I am the most type A of the type A that exists people. There's no way that I could be okay with what somebody else makes you have a hard time delegating. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, I'm, I'm incapable. That's different than a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen. I go home. Let's talk about the game. Okay. Um. So, uh, it has an a Poe feel to me. Okay. Do you see that? I am so unfamiliar with that that I can't make any comparisons. It feels like horror that's not scary. Mm. Mm. Okay, I gotcha. Yes. Um, and I want... Okay, so when I played it, I felt like that was the only possibility. Was this, like... Okay, I, I mean, the, the obvious the obvious comparison would be Telltale Heart. Because Telltale Heart involves uh, 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 the biological heart being... Uh, um, oh, so having, you're going to make ha- a direct comparison? Have, I am. going uh, Being anthrop- anthropomorphized enough in order to uh, be an actor in a story, right? Okay. So, um, in, in, in that action being uh, uh, resonating an emotion from the p- protagonist... And in this case, uh, there's a heart which is removed from the body, um, and it it provides a a uh, um, what would you call that a, a, a shared a shared motive uh, a, a scarce resource of uh, incredible value to the narrator, mm. um, but 
a resource which is also being used by uh, people the narrator depends on. Okay. Um, so it's this, it's not so much this idea of like, if you pull a heart out of someone's body, they die. Mm. Uh, in in um, the silver tray, the heart is portrayed as uh, uh, something that the ego absolutely requires. So, okay. Um, so, I agree with all that. It's not the same as Telltale Heart in the way it treats these things, but it's got a really similar feel to me. And um, when I played it the first time, I just thought it's got to be this way. There's no other way for it to be. Like, th this is the story she wrote. I don't mm. remember the name of the author. Um, but then when I watched you play it, I was like, and, and we started talking about interpretations. Mm -hmm. Uh it occurred to me that um that it could have been a completely different tone from the author's uh that the author intended because of, of the, the way of the, the music and the art yeah, the added music, to the story itself the music and the art have a have a huge influence on how that stuff is consumed and also the pacing like certain lines are emphasized certain lines don't Certain lines happen and then wait for interaction to occur, which mm. may be slow, mm -hmm. which is in every case slow. Mm -hmm. um, the movement speeds of this game are Very incredibly slow. slow. Yeah, um, and it adds so much to the game being that way. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, imagine this game if the story was, you know, the little boy is sleeping outside under a tree and a soft kangaroo or a cloud is coming to uh, service the heart right it would be a completely different feel to that story yeah or or if it yeah. was or if it was um a man a grown man uh yeah but the story is very explicit it's not like you can make those kind of extrapolations it's like you're putting the heart on the train and going to bed yeah but what, your your interpretation your initial interpretation seemed to be that this was a romance, right? Well, a failed one. But you know what's interesting is earlier we were talking about adding mechanics into the game to give them a sense of, uh, like gameplay. Like when we were talking about making our game earlier, and you were like pole jumping or whatever, and I was gameplay. like, or throwing trash in the like for a game that you're trying to have a dialogue in, you're gonna like add in throw trash in the garbage in order to feel like you have some kind of interaction and i'm like what's the point of even having that you're just adding filler in order to give a sense of mm -hmm. well in this case uh it is like i actually feel like there's a a purpose to the moving it put taking it out and putting it on the thing versus it just being like a mechanic there to have something to do what is the to purpose? add to the story but i don't know what it is but it feels significant that you're doing it. Rather than just watching it happen? Yeah, or rather than, like, doing it and feeling like they just put that in so I would feel like I, this was a game instead of a story. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know what question to ask to find out what it does. Yeah, I don't either. I don't, I don't, I haven't figured it out yet. Keep working on that.
Tell me about the romantic interpretation. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess my interpretation is like failed relationship that you won't leave. Uh, and you both uh, keep on the pretense that the relationship is necessary. And one person is taking advantage of the other person. And the other person is allowing it to happen. And because can, they're so vulnerable? Yeah, and, and and desperate, I guess. And they can also... And, and, and that desperation is, is, like, what is that desperation? Well, that desperation is, like, I'm willing to... Uh, I'm willing to be self-destructive in order to not be alone. Okay. And And I can tell this person is taking advantage of me, and I can tell that I go through the motions of being taken advantage of... Like they can, yeah. they can. Pre- I continue create, to make myself vulnerable to them. Yeah, they make me into a person that I'm not comfortable with under certain circumstances. Yeah, uh, but it, this is a necessary part of our relationship. And even though we both know it's not working, we both say that it is and continue to have it happen. And spoilers, she leaves anyway. Yeah, of course, but you know, and. and- that's great. You haven't actually explained that as well as you have oh. to me just now. Um, and it's really interesting. I, I totally see where you're coming from. My my interpretation of the game was that it was actually a, a, a child with a medical condition. And that um, there's this frustration with the dependency that they face. Like there's with something, for instance, like hired help. Like having, mm. a, having a dependency on someone who just enjoys being around you and is doing things for you because they're around you. They want to be around you. And these are things you need is a different type of relationship than, um, we have someone who comes in at six every day to take care of this thing that requires two people. Uh, and when it's something, uh, that deals with something as severe as, um, survival of bodily organs, uh, that type of dis- dependency is something you really, or something I would imagine, because I'm not in this situation, something I would imagine having an incredible resentment over. Like, you wouldn't even be here, even though I would die if you weren't here. The only reason you're here is because we pay you. Ah. And and that hurts. Like, that. that's this, like... The only person taking care of me is doing it because they have to. Yeah. And then, of course, when that circ- when that payment model changes, when they have a better better offer, you're you're fucked. Mm, <laughs> like, mm, mm. and and that's the inevitability of it. And oh, that's a pretty cool interpretation. Yeah, I like that one. I don't agree with it because of the makes me into other people thing. That's the hand the, grenade. Yeah, that's the part. That makes me question your thing. All right, so tell me about the state of the podcast. I don't know what that means. Uh, tell me about what you mean. Is this the last one? Ever? Yeah. No. Why would Why would we do that? Well, I was just wondering what your idea of the state of the podcast was, because it's been so long since we had one. Well, we've been busy. We're like, I mean, we think we don't do anything. I love uh, how it sounds. I love how this makes it sound like I'm begging you every day to do it. I've been begging him every day. I mean, you don't know. 
I mean, like, this moon's going to be full and he's going to be drunk and we've got to, like, have talked about games for two hours today. And, like, I mean, everything has to happen in order to get Clyde to agree to do this. And on top of it, like, I mostly only do things on the weekends. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. The state of the podcast is a lot looking a lot better because we don't have any big projects that we're doing right now. <laughs> we've been talking about put, doing a big project all day. We've been doing a big project for a long time. <laughs> um, you said you had a question for question time. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, and this will be it, and then we'll go. Um, so there's a lot of... We were talking about this the other day. Like, games do better on some sites than others. So, like, what's the difference? Oh, you're talking about yarn? Yeah. Like, what's the difference between Game Jolt and, like, Itch.io and, like, what's another one? Glorious Trainwrecks. And then there's another Warped one. Door. Warped Door. Like, we go on Warped Door and look at everything. Yeah. Warped Door's great. But Game Jolt is where all your games get seen. Yeah. Like, Yarn is, like, big in a country and fucking so many people <laughs> have played. I know that you're still working, like, more than anywhere else put together. Like, what is going on with game um well uh there is an amount of curation to each of these pages mm. obviously warped or there's a lot of curation involved right like yeah it's all like chris Priestman mm. though well no that's not necessarily true i don't even know what that means it means that you're playing uh it's like when people ask me for stories on my thing and i only give them the ones that i like so that's like the part that you're seeing so i'm resistant to that because i feel like we're getting all of what one person likes I think the reason you notice the Chris Priestman games is because you don't like the Tim games. Oh, okay. That's it, probably why. Uh, uh, Tim focuses far more on uh, dexterity-based mm. uh, high-score chases. Mm. And those aren't the games that you tend towards. I would never pick those. We're, we're more about uh, experimental games like Camelosa. Yeah. Yeah, I have to do tedious things in real life. I'm not doing them. Um, but it, it is true that they have very few curators and uh, a much smaller selection of games. Um, each one put up because, not because someone put it up, but each game put up because they're like, this is something we want to share, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like a Tumblr, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Okay, so that's that's Warped Door. Um. And you're right. You do get a sense of different sensibilities of the of the curators that uh, contribute to that site. Itch.io, uh, um, that's a site where anyone can put up um, their game. Um, there is an amount of curation to it. Uh, the person who runs Itch.io uh, will highlight certain games and put them on a front page. Uh, that that will give them attention. They also have a Twitter account where they will um, link or, 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 you know, just highlight games or they might just, um, there is also inherent linkages such as game jams li linking to each other, which will increase the traffic between uh, certain games. So for instance, if, if you contribute to a game jam and then one of the games in that jam gets a lot of press from like, a much larger site like Polygon or something, mm. then people might be likely to check out other games that occurred in that jam, right? Okay. Uh, so that it, so it slowly disperses through the network. Um, 
Game Jolt uh, has a similar thing going on, only I get the impression that the the user base for Game Jolt is much larger than these. Yeah, because that's where, like, all your attention comes from. No, I think uh, I know you're having fun, um, but I'm still working gets, like, quadruple the amount of plays on Itch.io than it does Really? I thought it did better on Game Jolt. No, Yarn... So it's just Yarn. It's just Yarn. Yarn does incredibly well on Game Jolt, but no one plays it on Itch.io. Um... Game Jolt also has, like, an entire... Game Jolt's more like Facebook for game developers. Mm. Because there's there's an integration of things like chat, uh and um the feed is well that's not true the comment system is, is a lot more facebooky right like the comment system is a lot more involved uh but on both game jolt and itch.io has got a much better uh feed system where you can subscribe to a developer and then see what and then look at your feed to see what's what's occurring does that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, kind of. They're all kind of the same. You can have the game, same game in all of them. Yeah, you can. Well, yeah, well, there are. But some of them, someone has to pick it out and put it on there. And the other ones, on you have door, to pick yeah. it out and put it on there. Yeah, and it's possible that if you put one game on HIO, it might resonate with the curator there. Compared to if you put one on Game Jolt, it might resonate with whoever curates there. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, yeah, podcast is over. Yep. Everybody have a good week.